You're listening to the podcast version of The Dialectic. To watch the full taped version, go to 8ballTV.club and look for our scheduled programming. Enjoy the show. This is a sociopolitical show where we talk about things that would not come up in polite company. I'm your host, Casey Hamilton, and we are coming from the 8-Ball Studios in the very seedy underground of Soho. Um, I have three incredible guests with me here today, and we're talking about relationships. Why are we in them? Do we belong out of them? Should we cheat? Should we not cheat? What's happening, large and small? And today here I have Dr. Jennifer B. Rhodes, a forensic psychologist who specializes in dating strategy and consultation. I have Callie Manning, New York-based painter and serial dater who is here to give her personal experience. And I have Andrew Sparksfire, co-founder of Hacienda, a sex-positive community and overall project that has multiple locations and promotes responsible hedonism or sexual hedonism. Um, Thank you so much for being here today. And we are going to jump right into it, Dr. Rhodes. um, How often do you find the issue of infidelity coming up in your practice or or in your work? So uh, about five years ago, I had a private practice where I was a high-end child custody evaluator. And the number one issue that came up in terms of people divorcing was infidelity, that, that that was usually the situation that kind of broke the marriage and started the litigation process between the couple. Kylie, you and I have talked a bit about your dating past. You've dated men, you've dated women, you've dated several men at a time, um, and you are now in a committed, straight relationship. Um, do you find that having pursued those paths changed or influenced your ideas of infidelity or monogamy? Yeah, I feel like my opinion's always sort of growing and shifting, and then it's just kind of whatever you need at that time. So when I was really young, I remember being in a lot of relationships where we thought that we were kind of above jealousy and that it wouldn't be an issue, and then it ended up being an issue. And then I remember being kind of at times when I didn't want to be in one thing, so I was in in multiple things, but there was more communication then. Actually, my friends just teased me. They've said that the most radical thing that I could do would be be in like a straight monogamous relationship (laughs) (laughs) after after everything that I had sort of wanted at different times. um, This is what I want now, and it's making me really happy. And Andrew, how did we get to Hacienda, a sex-positive community? Well, seven years ago, I started hosting sex parties at my house in Brooklyn. And the first parties were very small. They were maybe 20 people or so. But word got around fairly quickly. And I, uh, the initial people invited more people. They invited their friends, invited more friends. And then it ultimately became a center for sex-positive culture. And my house became a center for sex-positive culture. We built up a, a community of people who all have the same general principle, which is to welcome all genders and all sexual orientations. 
And so this community has grown tremendously over the years. And three years ago, I purchased a building that's in Brooklyn that I wanted to turn into a, a sec, a, a, uh, an intentional community with the focus on sex positivity and polyamory. Um, and, uh, and this, you know, which is, which is uh, Hacienda Villa. And, and so I now have been working on developing projects around Hacienda that uh, allow this community to grow and allow it to express uh, itself and try to kind of get a message of sex positive culture out to a broader audience. And that's, that's really what we're trying to do now with uh, a bunch of educational events that we're hosting. We have a studio space um, at Hacienda Villa that's, that's hosting um, sex positive educational events to try and get this message out there and, you know, uh, educate people that there are, there are many options, you know, monogamy is one option, but there are, there are many other options for relationships. Um, polyamory is one option and uh, various forms of polyamory are, uh, are an option too. Okay, so I wanted to get, I want to get into some of the, the juicy stuff. So um, Dan Savage, love columnist and uh, all-round badass in terms of the sexual world has a phrase or a, a term he calls GGG, which is good, giving and game. So think good in bed, giving up equal time and equal pleasure and game for anything within reason. Personally, I can say that I am a fan of this concept because from my personal experience, my, what turns me on is turning my partner on. But do you think there, that part of why this term even exists and why we are having this discussion is a certain amount of collective laziness um, with relationships and where is that coming from? Is that coming from some of the lack of self-fulfillment or are we just getting lazy as a culture? Have we always been sexually lazy? Why are more people not more into being GGG? Well, I'm not sexually lazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking the wrong people. <laughs> I really, really don't That's see like that uh, like GGG. I, I, I imagine yeah, you are you're you're like GGG. Yeah. I'm clueless yeah. about that. But but I but I did want to make this point that uh, that may not be the right model for everyone anyway. I mean that's 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 really. Uh, I mean that may not work for asexual people, for example. Right. Uh, it may not work for people who define their um, uh, the, their relationships in in ways that are not as sexual as as as, uh, as others so you know it's it's uh, maybe a useful model to define what some people enjoy right not for everyone you know but in our case uh, you know we host sex parties so obviously, <laughs> <laughs> obviously right. there's a lot of ggg going on <laughs> i think that it's probably you know, if he's working in, you know, my industry in terms of coaching and things like that, we deal with a whole heck of a lot of anxiety. We deal with social anxiety. We definitely deal with a lot of anxiety in the bedroom. Um, I think, you know, terms like that are usually pretty helpful um, for people to remind them to get out of their own head. Um, I think anxiety is one of, you know, just culturally one of the biggest things that's going on is probably destroying people's sex lives. Um, but anxiety is untreated, and so I'm sure that this term is probably, you know, 
for the population, the people who might be kind of working on, you know, anxiety in the bedroom and need a little bit of a reminder about what it is, you know, the point and the purpose. Do you have but any uh, stories you can share of like a, an example of how that anxiety manifested itself, either in a client or yeah, somebody? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I've had some personal experiences dealing with a whole host of really anxious men. <laughs> um, yeah, I will tell you a personal story and then I can tell you a client story. But I remember it was on the West Coast. I was dating, you know, someone who kind of checked the boxes, super educated. We had a lot of chemistry. Um, we were both looking for a relationship, a committed one, you know, everything seemed to be going well, and then we get to the bedroom, and he physically was small and was just, was not a problem for me, but he had so much anxiety about it that he actually started crying. <laughs> and... <laughs> And it was... Never date Kylie. She will laugh at you in bed. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. I have to, you know... I, <laughs> you know sometimes I'm a good listener. I'm a psychologist. But I'm like, you know, and it just got really awkward. And we had got to the point where I, we had to talk about it. I'm like, I deal with this professionally. I can't deal with it in my personal life. And, you know, we, you know this is yeah. something you're going to have to work on. I can validate you all you want, but this is an eternal thing that's coming from something else in your life. I feel like bedtime psychology is like a whole new practice yeah. field for you. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I really don't need to go through that experience again. It just, it was really horrible for both of us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we decided it wasn't the right time and got him some help and he's been working on the anxiety and think that performance anxiety it's a huge issue that we don't like to talk about in the in the United States a lot. it wasn't the right time it wasn't the right size <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that issue again of the self and like the focusing on the self and being okay with the self and then coming into the relationship if he had done perhaps more personal work or even just recognize anxiety makes you selfish because if you're just in your head, all you can possibly think about is, is what you. the heck is going on with you. And so then you just do not pay attention to anything else going on mm. um, in the room. And so, yeah, I think mm. a lot of women have had um, experiences with that. Performance anxiety is on the rise with millennial men. I think, you know, it's definitely Do you something. know where that's coming from? Is it? changes in technology, that, that issue again of information being available and now we have too much to compare ourselves to? I think anxiety, depression and anxiety are just, increase, are increasing. just increasing. I do think it's probably technology related, but I, I think it then crosses over. So it, it might be general anxiety in the environment and then all of a sudden it's now we're in the bedroom and we have built this moment up so big in our head that we just, you know, Kind of flop. Andrew, I'm curious. Um, you oh. said you know there is a lot of GGG in um, the polyamorous community, but did you find that perhaps meeting people who are new to polyamory came from a place of lack of GGG, and that's what led them kind of to become more that's explorative? Them, that's what um, leads them into it, um, and and not exclusively, but perhaps was a factor people you found people coming um or yeah seeking out the the, the hacienda community because of yeah. uh, a lack of getting what they wanted from partners over time yeah i think i think there's there's an element of that there's, there's people who um there's people who come who are in relationships and they they come as 
as a couple into the into the uh, the sex positive community to explore kinks and other ways to um, you know to 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 improve their sex lives and there's but there's also a lot of single people who who come because um, you know they they've either because they've um, they they realize that they they might have some kinky desires or um, our parties aren't entirely kink, so it, it could, you know, they, they just, they, it, actually in many cases people fall into it because their friends just invite them to something. Not necessarily a sex party, but some other event or some other occasion where they have a, an opportunity to meet other members of the community. And, and they find that these people seem to be relatively well adjusted and relatively happy with their lives and they tend to be nice to other people <laughs> they tend to you know because uh, sex positive people or, or people within our community tend to have developed the uh the uh the, you know the niceties that are um that are uh, important for um, and sometimes missing and and sometimes missing in mainstream society um uh that are important for giving back to others and so and so people tend to be to be quite um taken by this um community and are brought into it for that reason and would never have thought they would ever end up going to a sex party or even doing anything at a sex party. And often they'll go to one with the intention of doing nothing and sometimes they won't do anything. And then sometimes they will find themselves actually getting, uh, getting involved in it and, um, and, and having the time of their lives and then, and then wanting to come back. Um, but the thing that keeps them coming back is the engagement within the community and the engagement within this, this, this culture that's uh, a little bit little bit uh, different from mainstream society um, I would say is, is what we've kind of created in a, in a uh, I mean everyone within the community has created this this general um, this general positive attitude of being being good to people and um, knowing your needs and your boundaries and expressing them and asking for what you want and then being openly sexually expressive and accepting basically of other people's needs can you talk a little bit about the sex parties and you know whatever you're comfortable sharing uh, perhaps kind of how yeah. they work what happens there yeah I mean we have we have we have parties not not very frequently I'd say maybe maybe every three or four months but um, and they're they're in a private home and um, and so and we go to a lot of effort to to put um, to put a lot of um, a lot of work into setting them up and, and the decor and the creating a, 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 a an appealing visual environment with very nice lighting and you know setting the mood setting <laughs> we set we, we set a sexy mood we Which you know we Dr. Road says is already the first step I mean and, yeah. and the, a step that people just skip and yeah. go straight to yeah. something else yeah. yeah yeah it's very important to set a sexy mood and have a clean environment but um, but the main thing is is, a very sa is is to create an environment that feels very safe and that feel where people feel comfortable expressing their sexuality and where people feel comfortable not being judged they feel comfortable that they will not be judged and and that's part of the, the, the cultural aspect that uh, that is involved in in creating a culture results in no judgment and 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 when you have that it's it's absolutely remarkable what people will um i was going to say what people will do but, <laughs> but 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 what people can get into and 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 how they 
they can express themselves in ways they never thought they would. Do you feel yeah. obligated to like start the party? You know when you go to a party and it's yeah. like seven and everybody's just like this is. And you're like, I need to get to the dance floor. I want to fast forward to like eleven <laughs> and be the first person on the dance floor. Well, Do you have to like well, be no, the first person no. on the dance floor? <laughs> no, no. Interestingly <laughs> enough, no, certainly not anymore. Or people like they walk in the door and they're like, finally. No, no, certainly not. Well, I mean, people people start by just socializing and hanging out and. Um, and, and they continue socializing and hanging out and sometimes we have a show and we have performances and stuff as well and We have other things as well. I mean, there's basically a lot of things for people to do uh, Besides have sex and a lot of people won't ha don't have sex anyway. They just come for the, for the environment Parties known for anything in specific? I mean, do people come to your parties because you do sex? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like an expert like you go to this party for that, and you go to somewhere else for. We 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 we're known for um, for welcoming all genders and all sexual orientations, and being the most um, inclusive party, while also being private. So, in a sense, um, that's nice. In a sense, we you know we it's a private guest list that um, uh, that's inclusive, so people can recommend their friends, and then people you know we we're, we want a, a diverse group of people to come we always have lots of new people but it's a closed list and people need to recommend their friends in order to come into this environment does it actually end up being diverse it it, it is diverse um, I would prefer if it was less white mm -hmm. that's the only diff that's the only thing I would say that's um, that's something that um, you know if you came to the party you would you would see diversity but it, we, we live in New York City, right? Um, and if you look at the um, the demographics of New York City, we're not a perfect reflection of that. And I wish that were not so. Yeah. Why is that so important but, to but you? We, but we have, but we have other, because because we, we want to be inclusive to to. Um, yeah. I mean, we say inclusive to all genders and sexual orientations, but really, um, really also inclusive to all socioeconomic backgrounds or. Uh, races or um, all um, whatever other, yeah. whatever other whatever identities people may want to create for themselves, um, and uh, y you know, and, and so and so we we do have diversity, and we have particularly we have diversity uh, in terms of uh, in terms of um, you know sexual orientation and, and so on, um, and we do have racial diversity, but but uh, you know that more. Might, if I were being critical about about it, I would say that's the one thing but we need more. Isn't that a function of the fact that you are allowing people to recommend their friends well, instead of finding another way to go through the? And we're not going out. We're not going. We're not we reaching. Don't have like an application. Right. To fill we out. Don't, we're not. We don't have an outreach kind of way. We wait for people to come into mm -hmm. us, and of course, people are recommending their friends who happen to be people like them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So inevitably, that's the case. Um, there's an element of of. Um, you don't door to door. <laughs> I, I missed what you said actually. So you don't door to door? Like a like exactly. paper door to door. <laughs> we, no, we, we, we don't need to. We, you know, in fact, we have too many people. Um, we, Andrew, is there a vetting process? Is there a vetting process once people have been recommended? How is, how, what's the final decision for who gets in the door and who doesn't? No, the, the vetting process is, is being recommended by someone who's already. And been. once that person. That person so essentially, is, you, yeah, their yeah, word is good. That person is responsible for. The people they bring. How gotcha. often are you like? He doesn't need to come back, though. 
<laughs> or like she doesn't she could just not be invited again probably about <laughs> one or two people per party oh, that okay. happens mm. with but it's not as common as you would think mm. because the culture is already set up mm -hmm. where people go through this funnel I'd like to call it a a consent funnel where we, <laughs> we, we, where we have a, an educational class um, that's hosted by uh, one of my partners, Effie Blue, who is a relationship coach. Uh, but she also she also hosts a um, a, a play party etiquette class the mm. week before the party. Oh my god! I need to send all my clients there. Yes. Like, can you go to that party? Yes, send them. It should happen. Yes. Send send them send them over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 so and so she goes through this workshop, an, an hour and a half workshop, teaching people how to how to drop themselves into a sex party, essentially how to how to um, how to um, how to have the correct etiquette for a sex party, how to behave, how to. Um, Do you guys write a book yet? How to ask <laughs> how to ask questions how to how to uh, how to ask questions about what people's boundaries are, Six how to respect their boundaries. Sex parties for dummies. I love it. Yeah, you guys, well, did you right. write that book it, yet? Reach out. And she's, work, she's working on a book. Okay. And, uh, and we're, also, we're also working on a, uh, on a, on, on some, on a, uh, a workshop for people who want to host sex okay. parties in this manner. Kind of paying it forward. Yeah, because I think you have to set the, um, you have to set the, 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 the party up a certain way with a certain culture and with a certain um, intention in order to in order to make it a safe environment in order to make it a, um, a, a, a really safe and comfortable environment for people to really fully self-express right. and so that's what we that's what we try and do Andrew I have a two-point question for you um, you are married um, but you're also polyamorous yeah um, how do you answer people who say um, hacienda and sex parties and polyamory is just an excuse to have orgies and it's shitting on monogamy and marriage being somebody who is polyamorous but also married? And if you don't mind sharing some of your own, yeah. you know, your own relationship well, details. Well, we, well we're, we're inclusive of people who choose monogamy as their relationship structure. So, so we, 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 you know, we, we have monogamous people who come to, to our parties and at Hacienda Villa, which is a sex-positive, intentional community, we have monogamous people living there too. So, so we don't exclude anyone, and right. and 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 people's relationship structure is the is the is 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 whatever is best for them, whatever works well for them. So that's the way I approach it. But you well, repeat your question again, because. Um. How do you answer the people who say that this is just an excuse to have orgies and it's not as um, intentional as you uh, are making it? Yeah, Does that I mean, make it sense? kind of is an excuse to have orgies in a way, <laughs> uh, in the sense that. <laughs> in the if you're being truthful, you, if you need an excuse to have to have orgies, so so it 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 is that, but it's it's uh, and and uh, there's no sense defending that from the perspective of oh you know we shouldn't have we we should de-stress we should de-emphasize the sex party element of this because right. because that would be that would be in my mind sex negative to 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 feel the need to take that approach um i think it's important to emphasize the people 
can express their sexuality however they wish, which may include not attending orgies, or it may include attending sex parties and not uh, participating in the sexual element of the party, but hanging out and watching the show and you know having a drink at the bar and just just hanging out, right. socialising with friends. So, um, could so you speak a little bit more specifically about like when the next one is, <laughs> <laughs> and like the address yeah. and like coming up soon. <laughs> no. no, that's cool though that you're not really in the business of defending it. It's like why why not defending it? It is all of that. It is a party. And yeah, it is there's a good nothing time. to defend really, because yeah. it's, it's 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 kind of uh, it's 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 what people want to do, and yeah. it's just providing a need. It's a very it's a very clear need because we're oversubscribed constantly with these parties, and I wish more people would host them. And some people have oh, yeah. stepped up to host similar parties, and those parties are great, and there needs to be more of them. But it's you know it's it's quite a thing to take on hosting do, a sex do party. Do you ever um, like when I did more matchmaking, people accused me of being a madam and prostituting people out. So do you ever deal from you know a culture kind of looking at what you're doing and making arguments that you're really doing something else rather than just providing this? Yeah, like pushing yeah. polyamory as opposed to or or pushing an alternative lifestyle just to tap on uh, tag on to what. Yeah, well, you're asking about, I think, uh, uh, prostitution specifically, mm -hmm. um, and you're asking about put, um, to answer the, that I question. Was using as, an, as an example, because yeah. that's what I've had to deal with. Like, I, I can't bank with certain banks because they think I'm in that industry. I, so, yeah. just from like, yeah. running a business standpoint, have you ever had to yeah. defend what you are doing? Well, I, I haven't had as much of that yet because I've only recently started to speak more about it, but. Um, and, and so I haven't had, um, and, and I haven't even had to defend, I, I think people know that I've spoken to so far, they, they understand what it is. Because swingers parties, for example, have been around for a long time, mm -hmm. and, and those are clearly, um, those are clearly environments, that, generally speaking, those are environments that don't, um, that, that where, where there's no, sex isn't something that's paid for, you know. Um, from from our perspective, our the, the culture of our party is is is, is radically the opposite yeah. of um, prostitution. No, I know I understand that. I'm just wondering yeah. if you get pushback from other people who don't understand what it is that you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that will will happen, yeah. but um, but it hasn't happened, and um, I'm one of the things I'm trying to do by speaking more publicly about this is to get ahead of that so that I can educate people on what our community is and what it and, and what it certainly is not and um, and what it is obviously is what you know is 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 something that treats all genders equally so for example you know at our parties um, people um, pay the same amount to come in regardless of their gender sexual orientation or whatever and they're treated as individuals not as a couple coming to a, a party, um, which is op which is very different from a traditional swingers party, for example, where they have a setup in which um, people, you know, often single men are not allowed to come, but uh, and you know couples are charged um, 
uh, you know, a certain price. Sometimes single men are allowed to come, but they're charged two or three times the price of a couple or something. All the, the, there's basically there's gender bias pricing um, in a lot of sex parties um, that are uh, that are that are you know outside of our cultural norm, outside of our the way we work, and um, and I don't I don't like that. You know, I, I don't think it's it's helpful because it sets up it sets the wrong. Um, the wrong it sets it up from the wrong perspective right from the beginning do because you, do you think women find it more empowering if everything is on that playing field I yeah. mean coming because coming from the matchmaking community in New York the standard is that the men pay an obscene amount of money and women are free and so that seems to be an old way of kind of dealing with the matchmaking world and everyone's kind of moving towards everyone's paying for service so I'm just wondering yeah, I think it's I think it's really important to set it up that way from the beginning because otherwise you have, you know, you, you have a situation where men are, 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 are paying for, for the entry price for the for women to a party, and and then what are the women? I, I mean, that's essentially like treating the women like possessions, and uh, it's it's I mean it can be seen that way, and when you set it up that way from the beginning, you end up with a different outcome for the way the party operates and so um, and so by treating everyone as an individual person everyone's everyone's you know the, the same uh, I think it works a lot better and it makes people feel it does make people feel empowered and, and it makes them feel empowered to define you know make sure that to, to, to know their boundaries and express the boundaries and expect the boundaries to be um, to be respected, and 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 that's very important going into a sex party. How does jealousy work in the polyamorous community? Uh, and when I say how does jealousy work, is it common? How is it dealt with by members of the community? Um, is it a, a taboo thing, a no no? No no, it's there's, there's plenty of jealousy, you know, and it's something that polyamorous people speak about all the time, <laughs> and uh, and and work on and work through and. Um, deal with some more than others and um, you know I would say uh, on jealousy particularly if you're um, you know if you're if you're if you have a disposition to jealousy it's going to be much harder than if you're uh, you're just um, uh, you know you, you you find your if you have a transient jealousy where you're you're in a uh, uh, you know particular situation that's making you jealous um, that can be very different from being a person who just just gets jealous, jealous. you know, yeah. and and, um, and so if you are that person who just gets jealous, you know, perhaps it's not for you. It may not be for you, um, or it may be something that's still worth your time, worth your while pursuing. But you have to look into yourself and do a lot of work to figure out how you can address that. Um, you may have some commentary. Yeah, I was going to say, do you ever run interference at your sex parties where you see, you know, someone starts acting out their jealousy and causing a scene, like on the side? I most mean, of the, most of the problems that that arise, which and there are very few problems that arise, but most of the problems that arise are, uh, are, 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 are people who come to a party together, and they thought they had an agreement in place as to what they would do, or maybe they didn't have an agreement but should have, and then the jealousy is manifested at the party and they get into an argument and, uh, and some, some trouble arises and then they have to leave. Kylie, you look like you have an opinion. I just think that sounds 
funny. <laughs> like, that's, of course, that would be what would happen. If, if they didn't talk about it. Yeah, just like that would, yeah. I'm sure that would be the issue rather than people like overstepping, you know, physical boundaries right. in a space like that. It would be two people that went and were like, we're cool. And then one yeah. person did more than the other. Like, of course, that would, yeah. I just think. I'm mean, just picturing the same, it. <laughs> <laughs> the same situation when I go dancing. As if you don't talk ahead of time with a new person, how many dances are you going to dance with them versus how many you're going to dance with someone else? It's yeah. the same. Yeah. You have the same yeah. argument yeah. of jealousy on the yeah. dance floor that looks ridiculous. Yeah. 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 No, no, but jealousy is like a, jealousy is an interesting emotion to deal with. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, it can be caused by many things. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're, if you're, experiencing jealousy the first thing to do is to try and figure out what the underlying cause of it is what's making you feel that way um, uh, you know because uh, it could be triggered by your partner is out on a date with another person or another partner what's what's triggering the underlying cause of the jealousy you know is it maybe uh, because you're you're fearful that this person is better than you mm -hmm. or might replace you you, do you have a fear of, of losing your, your, your partner because they're now on a date with someone who might be better than you, you know, or is it something else, you know, and, 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 then, and then step back and figure out if it's something that you can really deal with, you know, yeah. or do you need to speak to your partner? But sometimes, it? you know, being in that moment of jealousy is also kind of just living in the human experience. And so if we over-intellectualize everything, then we don't get to actually just enjoy having the emotions because it's usually tied to that we love the person and yeah, it's tied to fear and you're, you know, you're trying to find a way to deal with it. Um, but I think we have a tendency to not think it's okay to just experience having yeah, just no, I think, I think, yeah, yeah, no, to be clear, I think it's important to not suppress those feelings, you know, okay. it's, it is important to let the feelings wash wash over you um, I just think it's helpful to um, yeah I'm not know, advocating yeah. to understand to, like, slash them, yeah. tires or go cut up their clothes that happened to me actually I had, oh an, ex. Oh. I had an ex who went a little crazy um, yeah I'm not advocating any of that stuff yeah. I'm yeah. yeah I'm curious yeah. Yeah. about jealousy in your individual um, experiences have you experienced jealousy um, in your relationships I'm I'm very lucky to not be very predisposed to jealousy, but the most recent case I would say is is my um, my current my wife mm -hmm. uh, recently started a new relationship with a person she's very very into, and um, and and there's always a, a new relationship energy that occurs when that happens, right. you know. And so I understand that intellectually, and um, uh, we were uh, we were in New Orleans together recently. Um, along with a lot of our friends actually and uh and she was spending a lot of time with him and i was spending a lot of time with um with my other partner effie and uh and uh as much as i enjoyed spending the time with effie i i, I felt that i was missing beth you know my my wife and um and and, and so I, I kind of experienced this sense of loss you know and i said to effie you know I, you know what it is I'm, I'm experiencing a sense of loss that's what's going on here and once I realized that, ironically, then it was okay because I was experiencing a sense of loss, but I also realized that sense was temporary because I knew that, it, because it wasn't a fear of loss. I, I, I wasn't afraid 
that our marriage would now unravel and that right. something would occur that would cause us not no longer to be together you know my wife and I to, to be together mm -hmm. um, it was really just a temporary um, a, a temporary ex experience you know because it's a this is a new partner right there's some new relationship energy they're both excited with each other um, and uh, y you know I and you know I, I realized that uh, you know that the strength of our core relationship is, is very is is very strong is there I feel very you know centered and, and secure in that relationship but so. there was loss. But there was a sense of loss. Yeah, so, a sense of loss. So, yes. so some people might uh, interpret that as jealousy. Right. And I thought about it for a little bit, and I thought, no, you know, this is this is, this is not really jealousy. This is, this is a sense of loss in my case. And so I, I you know, um, but for a moment I thought, yeah. You know, so, Kylie, I'm curious. Well, um, you're a bigger man than I yeah. could be. That's. That's like I, I never process stuff like that. I uh, do you I find a know. difference between dating men and women in terms of jealousy levels? No, no. I feel like there's been men and women that I was either possessive with, or other times totally indifferent about what they were doing. Um, and it wasn't necessarily whether or not it was a man or woman. It's just that situation. I do find that jealousy breeds jealousy. So if one person's jealous, then you both become jealous. Mm -hmm. And that, that's something that was like, so there were times in relationships where I was super jealous and then we'd have like jealous sex and like possessive ownership sex. Then that was like, and that was, didn't necessarily start for me, but then you would sort of, it would circle back. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Like the question just. Have we experienced jealousy? Yeah, of course. Oh, well, I, I mean, yes. Like no, um, no, it was more, um, did you see a difference in your relationship yeah. between man and woman? Oh, yeah, no. Um, I think for me, the thing was, is like, I remember when I was in my, like, a f my one of my first really long-term relationships, thinking that we were both sort of um, could be intellectually above it and then learning that we weren't. And that was like, uh, you know, I wasn't, we weren't able to, you know, be as great as you guys are talking about being. Like, we just were too human and realized that that was something that wasn't going to work for us in that relationship. I didn't want anybody touching my shit. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. But then I was with other people where it was kind of like, man, they fucked up and that should hurt me. And it, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. And it, and, and in the end, that actually answered my wishy-washing feelings about the person was that it's not that we were in such a liberated relationship that I was above jealousy it was that I didn't if I didn't care that he wouldn't want to only be with me then I didn't care enough about the relationship so um yeah I don't think that I mean and I've been it's just the same on, on both sides it wasn't necessarily a woman thing or a man thing it was just um, that for me the reality of being in that hurt and I didn't like hurting people and so that was where it just ended up becoming not what made me happy and that was kind of the thing where it was like I grew up in a scenario where you do whatever I was I was always like traveling all over the world and nothing was taboo so I didn't ever really have a sense of 
of what I should do or what a relationship should look like. So I just had to kind of go and and learn. And then I, what it taught me was wanting something that is monogamous and is traditional and is hmm. like maybe boring in other people's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Rose, I do want your personal yeah. perspective, but I do want you to kind of um, answer this question. Sure. Because we we're about to wrap up, and the the question of um, infidelity, monogamy, polyamory, uh, infidelity. The one thing that kept coming up in my research and reading was that the big thing about infidelity is that the betrayal and that kind of um, breaking of the contract is sometimes the biggest thing to get over. Um, but do you think that uh, heading in a, a polyamorous direction that allows that open communication that willingness to maybe stray from the conventional model and figure things out is that something that can help with that sense of um the antagonistic uh or not antagonistic but that that sense of the betrayal or of it being this great rift as opposed to i wasn't intentionally trying to betray you or i don't want to betray you but here's this missing thing that I may or may not know the reason why, but... Yeah, I have to, so it really depends on each individual situation. One of the times where infidelity is heightened is actually when a woman's about to have her first child. Oh, and it is one of the times a couple's therapist, you know, they have a whole bunch of couples and men in their office um, because instead of being able to discuss the transition into parenthood and the fears and all of those like really scary emotions we act out and i think when you're in a situation like that and your partner acts out and it's you know it's not like they felt like fell in love with someone it's not like we're gonna have this really wonderful conversation like we've been you know talking about but it's kind of like oh shit i got scared i did something stupid um and now i don't know what i want i think that's when people feel the sense of betrayal and i think that's usually what couples therapists will see in their office and certainly that was more of what i saw in my divorce practice. It was never a situation that was well thought out. It was never we had conversations about having an open marriage. It was more like something happened. I couldn't deal with it emotionally and I acted out in some kind of way or both partners acted out and they find out down the road that they were both doing it and their secrecy in their relationship. So I, I really think it kind of depends on what the structure of the relationship is to begin with. And then you have to look at what people's perception of marriages, what their perception relationships are, and sometimes they come to realize that they have two very different views on what marriage is supposed to be that changed after actually they got married. Um, and so they're trying to kind of grapple with all these emotions, but rather than going out and seeking some help, um, we wait for a crisis. And so as a couple of therapists, we joke, it's like, you all come way too late to deal with it. We are in a crisis right now. Had you come three years ago, we would have been able to use this, but now we're just dealing with, are you getting right. divorced or not? Mm. So I think that the issue is not, you know, about whether or not we should have more open marriages or polyamory or anything. I think it's about communication in general. And yeah. I don't, you know, it's a skill that has to be learned over time. And, um, you know, I think that some people are just naturally better at it than others. And other people have to really work on it and they have to learn how to do it and so I think when you that you know real sense of betrayal it's kind of like someone the other person's fantasy of what was going on in the relationship was shattered um, and it's often done in a really insensitive um, acting out thoughtless 
manner. And so, yeah, there would be reasons to be angry or reasons to be really jealous. Um, a lot of very insecure people will on purpose try to create jealousy to kind of see how the other person reacts in order to get their that need, emotional needs met. So jealousy is something that I see, you know, I see it in my personal life. I see it with my clients. It's kind of like we do stupid shit just to see how someone else is going to react because we want to see if they like us that much. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of just the nature of, you know, yeah. everyday, everyday life. Things. Yeah. I think sometimes we're all that child, you know, like th there's a little bit of that infant in all of us who's just like, huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what can I get? What can I get? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think this has been um, a fantastic discussion. Um, I want to thank you again, uh, Dr. Jennifer B. Rhodes, forensic psychologist, Kylie Manning, painter, and Hacienda Sex Positive Community founder, Andrew Sparks Fire. Um, I really appreciate you guys being here. This has been an eye-opening discussion. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to say, um, you know, anything you're working on, um, anywhere we can find you. So I am working on a, a book right now that's called Dating Strategy for Independent Women. So it's going to be all about how to embrace coming up with a strategy earlier on in your life to get what you want. Um, and I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer B. Rhodes. And my website is rapportrelationships.com. Um, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. I, my stuff is completely non-related. So <laughs> you can look at my website if you want to, but it's just paintings. So it's kyliemanning.com, but it wouldn't help out with this scenario. And, or maybe. Maybe it would. You never know. Yeah. Somebody may want you to come and give some advice yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on how to be so sexually chill. <laughs> you just sexually have to be cool. a pervert. <laughs> it's super easy. Um, Andrew? Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, you can look me up on, uh, at andrewsparksfire.com and uh, on Facebook as Andrew Sparksfire. And uh, I think on Twitter as the real Andrew Sparks fire, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> one of those, uh, one of those handles. Um, and um, uh, and I'm, yeah, I'm working on a uh, a workshop uh, to hopefully help people host sex parties in their own homes that um, you know are safe and consensual, and um, uh, and hopefully that'll be uh, that'll be coming up soon. Excellent. So that's what I'm working on. Well, um, thank you again. I cannot thank you enough for being here. Um, that is our show, The Dialectic. Um, you can find us at dialectic underscore show at Twitter. Um, you can email us with any questions you have. We are info at thedialecticshow.com and um, our website, thedialecticshow.com. So I think, bravissimo, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.